kulture sećanja u dialogu. Slušate podcast Fonda za humanitarno pravo. This is Memory Cultures in Dialogue, the podcast of the Humanitarian Law Center from Belgrade. My name is Jelena Đurejnović. Today we are talking about memory activism. Our guest is Orly Friedman, who just published a book called Memory Activism and Digital Practices After Conflict, Unwanted Memories, that was published with uh, Amsterdam University Press. And uh, she has been working on the broader topic of alternative commemorations uh, for years, and especially focusing on the case study of Serbia. Orly is an associate professor at the Faculty of Media and Communications at uh, Singidunum University in Belgrade, where she also heads the Center for Comparative Conflict Studies. Hi, Orly. Uh, thank you for joining me today. Hi, Elena. Thank you for having me. So let's start our conversation with the basics, uh, memory activism, the term that has even entered the post-Yugoslav space in its English form, interestingly. What is memory activism? Okay, so memory activism in recent times has become a term often used by scholars and now also by activists themselves. In fact, thinking or the idea that memory and its construction involves some labor is not a new idea. If we go back to a earlier uh, writing such as the works for example of Elizabeth Jelin we can think of uh, spaces of disputes over memories in uh, societies that emerge from difficult pasts where we think of this notion of uh, human beings who actually labor on and with memories and with the past, right? So in my interest in memory activism, I'm interested in this, the exploration of these dynamics or practices of this labor. And in fact, thinking of memory activism is, uh, allows us to uh, engage with uh, remembrance through, in my work, the way I approach it through alternative commemorative events, uh, alternative calendars, and in fact, this notion uh, that Ifat Gutman puts forward in her work, the alternative knowledge production. My interest goes very much in these kind of practices and even tactics, I would say, when uh, it comes to societies that emerge from conflicts, but also very much in spaces where the past is being denied and uh, silenced or what I call unwanted. Maybe uh, you would like to uh, tell us something about this notion of unwanted memories uh, that you just mentioned. Yeah, so in many ways for me, unwanted memories comes from activists themselves that I've been studying for the last two decades, particularly in Serbia and more broadly in the post-Yugoslav space. And uh, I've come across this uh, construct, this uh, framing of their work as uh, discussed by uh, some, some activists I studies as referring to the memories of the 1990s uh, as unwanted and very much suppressed. So the unwanted goes for the administration of memory on one hand, from uh, what we call the state-sponsored memory, but I'm of course interested in 
memory activism that deals with these pushes, tries to push back these uh, spheres of silence and denial, otherwise uh, unwanted. So unwanted can also be uh, the way a general public engage with some of these pasts. Uh, you can pass by uh, murals and graffitis, you can see the headlines, you, can, you have plenty of information floating, and yet on the day-to-day -day engagement with these issues, this is very much unwanted and in a way, let's leave it behind us even, as some even politicians suggest. Now, of course, memory activists come to these uh, contestations and uh, exactly try to challenge this and to try to bring to the forefront uh, the engagement with these pasts by uh, what I see very much as, uh, on one hand, anti-denial activism. If we go back to Stanley Cohen and his writing in uh, states of denial, but also kind of silence breaking very much. And the unwanted also has to do with uh, spaces that are, are unmarked and unknown, and yet the attempt to make these spaces by marking them or visiting them, uh, as we can discuss furthermore, uh, different uh, practices taken by activists to kind of exactly tackle these memories, and which otherwise uh, over time may very much uh, disappear from public discourses. And you also mentioned uh, alternative commemorative events uh, as some of these practices uh, and alternative calendars also play an important role in memory activism, but also in your work. What is the importance and meaning of uh, calendars in the context of memory activism, both official but and alternative calendars, of course? Right. So actually, looking at calendars was... I think my entry point to this topic, and this goes back uh, at least more than a decade ago, right? So uh, thinking about calendars uh, through the work of scholars like uh, Eviatar Zubavel or Yael Zubavel, but also thinking about the dimension of time and the construction of time as relates to uh, the cycle of the year and the cycle of memory on a societal level, let's say. And my interest from the beginning was very much in those alternative calendars. But of course, in order to study the alternative calendars, one has to start from the actual calendar and what are we looking at as an alternative to what we may call the state-sponsored or the calendar that is a most becomes the hegemonic, let's say, in, in the livelihood of a certain uh, community. And of course, there can be uh, many calendars to look at, but particularly uh, in this study, I look at the establishment of what I saw from early on as a civic alternative calendar uh, through the works of the first generation of memory activists in Serbia that I see as the women in black who actually uh, established an annual calendar and again i'm interested as related to the memories of the 90s and they exactly place on this calendar the unwanted uh, events uh, of uh, the 90s 
And of course, to study the calendar, we have to look at the rituals that emerge over time uh, as alternative rituals through alternative commemorative events. And so looking at memory activists who engage in street actions, right? Because you can come to it from in different practices and different ways. But my entry point was in the actual street action that takes also the urban space in, in the city and claims it even for a very short time, once a year for a one event or another. And looking over time at the rituals that have emerged and who gets to join and who and how it evolves over the years kind of became the, the framework that I offer in, in thinking about uh, alternative commemorations. And of course, I begin with these commemorative events as they occur on site or in the city. And not surprisingly, uh, a decade into the working on these issues, I also began uh, turning into the digital sphere and looking at commemorative events as they appear in, online. And you call that uh, hashtag uh, memory activism, these different digital practices of memory activism. How do they transpire in, in the context of post-conflict Serbia? Right, so, so the hashtag itself came after actually beginning to think of a online commemoration or this platform that uses the, the digital uh, platforms, let's say, for uh, commemorations, right? And the hashtag memory activism is the tactic that I see. Is the, is the, is, it's a mnemonic tactic of activists to actually kind of push forward their campaigns often as part of a broader um, frame of activism, right? So in Serbia, but everywhere else where we look at it, the online never stands on its own and it's not an aim of itself. It's a means, it's part of a broader framework of action. And I think in many cases, as in my own uh, studies, I understand this is always actually aiming to go back to uh, the on-site itself, uh, right? So, so it's a framework and the hashtag memory activism itself allows us to trace very nicely uh, those uh, campaigns and actions, even to look at their, what I see as their genealogies. Where does it begin? It sometimes uh, will start with a person who will come up with a hashtag and then it's being picked up by social media users. Sometimes it will be by the activists themselves, like uh, uh, civil society activists who lead the campaign. Sometimes it combines the two. Right. But the most important thing is, is sort of the, the way it comes to be. It emerges from a, a broader issues and, of course, what we will call politics of memory and aiming, of course, at a certain uh, result at the end. Now, uh, of course, that to begin with, in memory activism, we can think I'm interested in memory activism that aims to uh, promote uh, more uh, peace, 
or equality, but of course memory activism needs to be understood in a much broader broader sense, right? And nowadays we have a, a more, more research, let's say, on the far-right activists or illiberalism that sort of also uses ta- tactics and uh, hashtags and all this. I'm interested in that as a sort of, let's say, a, a branch of uh, and peace activism or actually what predates that is anti-war activism, right? And my entry point in many ways to studying uh, memory activism in Serbia starts from anti-war activism itself. And that's exactly what I wanted to ask you about. Uh, You you mentioned the anti-war activists and now uh, as we are going through the years of the 30th anniversaries of various wartime events, it is also... uh, it's been 30 years also uh, since the beginning of the anti-war movement as the wars also began um, more than 30 years ago. And you employ the generational, the generational lens uh, on uh, memory activism in Serbia. So first I would maybe ask you what role does the memory of activism play today? Uh, and what are the legacies of these uh, anti-war activists today? In addition to the obvious many of them, of course, still uh, being there and still fighting the same uh, same narratives about the wars? So yeah, so it's in a way your question is twofold. The, the, the methodologically speaking, thinking of employing this generational lens to, to study memory activism and of course the memory of activism as it emerges. I think Proposing or thinking of through the lens of the generational shift allows in many ways to kind of delve deeper and gain more insights to the shifts and the nuances in the practices themselves of memory activists, right? And uh, very often, I'm sure you're familiar with that, it's easy to hear a reference uh, saying, "Mm, nothing has changed in Serbia or nothing has changed in the region. It's all the same. It's even worse in the 90s. And I think for me, I I struggled with this kind of approach to research or uh, to study or to teaching these issues, exactly as you say, three decades uh, onwards, right? And so I think the the generational lens allows actually in some ways to trace changes and differences and see how it's actually not exactly the same and things are nuanced and things are uh, changing. Uh, In some ways, as I, so so more specifically, I looked at the shift from the first generation of those who were anti-war activists and found themselves actually as memory activists in the aftermath of let's say 2000 and on, uh, I would say the early 2000s and the events in Serbia as they shaped uh, memory activism here. But, and you know, they, they have their slogan, not in my name, which very much sort of defines their generational belonging. Then I look at the next generation uh, of uh, what I see as memory activists who already were born, let's say, later in the 90s, in the 90s, or 
uh, even after the wars, and for them, uh, their position and entry point of engaging with these unwanted pasts is very, very different, right? And so through that, I can uh, trace uh, uh, nuances and changes in practices and also these claims from below as they come in the change of the slogan, as I show in the book, but also in the change of the practices themselves. So through this, uh, let's say, methodological uh, framework of the using the generational lens, I actually uh, it allowed me mostly to advance this nexus that Anne Rigney puts forward of the memory activism nexus. And what I found mostly in the case of Serbia, and I would say beyond Serbia, only the region itself, which I then call regions of memory, and we can speak about it, regions of memory activism, but in, in particularly in the, in the generational shifts what emerged in the second generation and their work is not only memory activism itself, the claims, the demands, let's say, the struggles in the production of memory and the steering and shaping future remembrance. The other part of the nexus that came up very clearly was a memory of activism itself. So memory of activism, which allows us to trace the way earlier struggles are recollected. And in Serbia, uh, particularly the memory of the anti-war movement has to be sort of uh, brought to the surface from silence, from its oblivion almost, let's say, uh, and in that sense, I was able to trace actions and claims of activists who engage with remembrance of legacies of the anti-war activism. And I think the, the legacies of anti-war activism in Serbia also engages with feminist activism and uh, anti-militarism very much. And of course, the whole issue of nationalism and anti-nationalism. And I think in, in an atmosphere where you have a war criminals celebrated as war heroes, for this generation to have these images from the past, many of some of them are still uh, very active in Serbia's civil society today, but to have them and their actions as the legacy, I think we only now begin to see the first steps of engaging with this memory of activism and the meaning that it takes for younger generation that has no living memories of the 90s and those who will uh, possibly join activism uh, in the future also. And, and some of these uh, public figures have left a legacy in writing. There is uh, institutions that are in place and otherwise you don't see it in uh, street names or in the layout of the cities. And I think what memory activists in Belgrade particularly are doing is uncovering these memories as memories as acti of activism as shaping their actions today. Um, and it overlaps with other actions that are not necessarily in the sphere of memory activism itself, right? Uh, like engaging with the, the memory of back in Femme through the Merdita Dobrodan festival, right, which goes beyond mnemonic claims only. I think for this generation, this uh, uh, finding out themselves about these legacies is extremely important as part of their 
becoming activists and coming of age in terms of their own choice to join this sphere of activism. Слушате подкаст Фонда за хуманитарно право. Култура сечения у диалогу. In the book you also talk about the second or what you call the in-between generation. Could you maybe a bit elaborate on that? So yes, I start from the like the first generation as I mentioned the anti-war activists. It's not it's I mostly analyze the women in black but it's a whole circle of groups and actions and activists and claims that I try to bring together in through the generational lens and then as I as we just uh, discuss the second generation of the activists who kind of say we were too young to remember uh, yet determined never to forget right and the generation in between are not too young to remember they do have living memories of these events some of them as uh, young adults only some of them as kids right so this is a different position uh, which uh, also again emerged from my as empirical evidence from my work of this kind of generation in between that experience let's say the war in Kosovo already as uh, teenagers as young adults yet the war in Bosnia they're much younger and as we know in Serbia also the war in Kosovo itself is a subject to deal with in various spheres of life among the memory activism is is much harder now uh, uh, from before and so this uh, in between generation has taken certain position nowadays or already in uh, let's say uh, Serbia's civil society but also uh, it requires uh, going beyond the study of commemorations only so uh, looking for example at uh, artists and their work documentary films or feature films like in the work of Ognjen Glavonic which I analyze in the book and and I think their work I understand and as this position of in in between as I try to to place it in, in the book and the discussion itself many of us uh, who are active in, in civil society in the post-Yugoslav space often reflect on the reach and the, the effects of our own memory work and memory activism in society and you as someone who researching this field but also someone who has been there for a long time how do you see the relation between these this network of memory activists that you talk about and society at large so because this is still we are still talking about uh, unfortunately quite a small group and it is an important question especially now if we talk about over three decades of anti-war and memory activism and I think The relation between uh, this sort of work and uh, more broadly the public or the society is complex. I think particularly here in Serbia, we do speak and I, I kind of uh, approach it in the book as such as the challenge of uh, studying a very marginalized uh, group of actors and small group of actors, right? We're not talking about tens of thousands of people who join commemorative events in Serbia. And I think because of their marginality and because of their the counter position that they take uh, as counter memory, as alternative commemorations, alternative 
memories, this what made it so uh, fascinating on one hand, and also uh, very challenging to study because uh, at the same time, this small circle of, act- these small circle of activists in the variety of actions of what they do are also divided among themselves and have their own uh, dynamics, uh, which I try not to, it's not the emphasis of my work, but rather in my work, I try to find those uh, meeting points that bring these actors together in a very uh, strong, uh, clear claim and, and voice. And there are certain actions that have the power to do that. And yet, of course, when we place it vis-a-vis the broader public and these unwanted memories and the silences, this is exactly what makes this work so challenging. And yet, without this work in many societies, again, not only in Serbia and the Balkans, these positions and claims would, uh, I think, completely disappear from public discourses. So it's about keeping the discourse in some ways going, right? And I think scholars in in different literature are, there's divisions, how people see these internal divisions or how they approach it. In in one way, one thing that was interesting for me to see is actually over the years, the, the shift towards this language of memory studies more broadly here within this community of actors and memory activism more uh, specifically. And I think it doesn't make it more accessible to the broader public, but it makes it somewhat nuanced in in terms of the work itself, I think. In the book, uh, you are asking some very important and very inspiring questions, and I'm going to uh, directly quote uh, some of them here. Uh, What is the role of memory activists and of alternative commemorative events in the processes of constructing the past, following violence and war. And what is the role of memory activism in generating civil engagement, empathy and hope after conflict? So I found this, especially that you mentioned hope here, very important and inspiring. Why is hope important in this context or how it is important? I think there's been some work on hope in activism more broadly, again, as put forward by some Uh, scholarly work that I uh, build on and I think so more broadly thinking of hope in activism allows us to sort of uh, turn the the attention to uh, actors from below to engage citizens to what maybe Sarah Ahmed would call willful subject even as uh, subjects as, as actors in society. I think very much hope also allows us, again, scholarly speaking, to to think of, uh, to analyze political struggles through the lens of civic actions and agency, but also very much uh, what I find understudied to be uh, topics like empathy and uh, camaraderie and uh, in a space that otherwise what we see most dominant is politics of victimization very much, right? So for me, this framework of thinking of hope as uh, incorporated into discussions in uh, memory politics, especially in places where victims often, the victims of the other side are 
either being dehumanized or completely unseen, right? So to acknowledge uh, those sort of uh, dynamics of beyond victimization, let's say, through politics of hope, I think allows us also to go beyond mnemonic regimes that only insist on remembering and commemorating our own victims from our own group, right? And this is, again, a dynamic that we see in many societies during the conflict itself and very much, of course, in the time uh, that follows the conflict. And so uh, thinking of of, uh, the politics of hope Again, more specifically now to zoom into Serbia, I think it has to be understood uh, in looking at the politics of disappointment that was very, uh, still is, I think, very uh, present here in Serbia. And it goes back with the ways the wars ended, but also the, 19, the 1990s ended and what came after in the 2000s, right? And again, it's easy to say nothing has changed, but if you go back to trace the sort of politics of disappointment, not only from the assassination, let's say, of Zoran Djindjic and onwards, but sort of the way uh, this moment of catharsis, let's say, never truly came to be here. Uh, the politics of hope and understanding this engagement of memory activists and their agency, I think, allows us exactly to go beyond this notion that nothing has changed here and it's all the same, right? I uh, don't like that I have to break this very positive outlook with another question uh, for the end. But of course, we talked, we have talked today mostly about Serbia, uh, but both our conversation today and your work and your new book are not only about Serbia and uh, have wider implications uh, that we can see across the globe. But in the book, particularly, you also discuss uh, another geographical scope, and that's the post-Yugoslav space as the region of memory activism and uh, the commemorative solidarity across borders. And this is very also in line with the idea uh, that dealing with the past has to happen at the regional level, which is, for example, the basis of uh, the RECOM initiative. So for the end, I would like to ask you, what is the future of uh, memory activism in the post-Yugoslav space? Maybe too ambitious or a difficult question for the end, but nevertheless, an important one. Nothing less, yes. <laughs> uh, I don't want, I will not try to predict the future. I'll try to sort of uh, share some of my empirical evidence from my own work as as i think this work is still very much ongoing right we can it's not over the nuances and, and the practices themselves continue to be developed and shaped and uh, and so i i see this as as uh, something that con- continues to have life of its own like memory activism i think the question of commemorative solidarity, which I borrow from Athena Tanasio's work and her book on uh, the women in black, and I try to continue to develop it forward, cannot be understood on the local level only, right? And it has to be understood in much broader context. Here we speak about the region, and that's why I, I turn to think about regions of memory activism, right? And the uh, Again, 
I think in the, it allows us to kind of trace, and again, this is not prediction for the future, but uh, to engage with political acknowledgement uh, or camaraderie or these alternative venues for politics of victimization is potentially a legacy that can uh, be taken forward to the, let's say, the, the next generations that will choose to engage with these otherwise unwanted pasts, right? You've mentioned RECOM, and I think for me uh, to think of the region and where it's heading, it's to also place side by side the many regional initiatives that we've seen over the years, not uh, to study them as isolated cases, but rather bring them together. And that's what I tried to do in that uh, particular chapter, from thinking of the work of RECOM to thinking of the work of the women's court or historians against revisionism right or and, and other initiatives i think these again they will stand as a base a foundation for possibly commemorative solidarity for actions and claims possibly at some point as memory of activism again this will emerge also as actions that took place in a certain time by certain generation and it's yet to be seen what will be the interpretation of the next generation of these actions and claims as we will see in the future thank you orly uh, we reached the end of uh, our conversation for today this was memory cultures in dialogue the podcast of the humanitarian law center Slušali ste podcast Fonda za humanitarno pravo. 